I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Welcome back. We are now going to pick up on what we did in our first series of episodes. That is, we are going to rank the top NBA basketball players of today. Last time we did it from 1960 until 2012. And we ranked them from 50 all the way to number one. Well, today we will start with the best players of today. And I try to look at it as if I were a general manager or owner, would I draft these guys? And if I would, how high would I would I draft them? So I'm looking at more of what they're doing today versus their overall career. I say that, but my number 25 guy is not doing a, not doing anything right now. You know, he hasn't done anything for a while, but I'm going to have him rank number 25. But for the most part, I try to do that. And it, it was really hard, Gary, for me to get down to 25 because I'm going to just tell you right now, one guy who I just wanted to put on here, and I can't put him in the twenty in the top twenty-five, and I'm really mad about it. Really, really mad about it. And that's Devin Booker. Wow. I love the guy, but he just hasn't. You know, he's averaging twenty-two point seven points a game, shooting eighty-seven percent from from the free throw line, forty-five percent from the field, about five assists, and I can't put him in the top twenty-five. I am really upset about that. No, I hear you, and I had a very tough time with my twenty-five. Uh, you're not going to really care about my 25 because I don't think you like any of the plays that I'm going to mention. <laughs> but I had a really tough time placing them, and I'll talk about it as we go down on, on the list. Yeah, placing them was hard as well. I have to, have to concede that that would be a, a challenge. But when you leave out a person like Devin Booker, it, it, to me, uh, I think one of the finest young players in the game, just playing on the wrong team. If he were at the Knicks, which I hope he could have, oh, please go to the Knicks. If he were at the Knicks, or really just about any other team other than maybe the Wizards, he would be phenomenal. And and I also, you know, I, I tried to get, I tried to, my, my friend, the guy who every time I saw him play on TV, he was just invisible. The guy from Atlanta, he was one, he's one of your favorite players. Oh, Trey Young, yeah. Trey Young is, you know, I mean, how do you leave him off? He is one of the most talented young players playing today. So those two guys, I'm saying to myself, here I am going to start with number 25, and I don't even like this guy. But you, you look at his, his numbers, and you say to yourself, okay, 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 okay. You got to show the guy some respect. But I tell you, he played out in Sacramento most of his career. I never saw him play. Every time I saw him play, he looked slow. He looked sloppy. He looked careless. He looked like he didn't care. But he still put up the numbers. So he goes on the championship-like team in Golden State and basically gets hurt. And and every time I see him play, all of a sudden I heard he was hurt. And this year he was playing, and then I heard he was hurt. And yet I can be persuaded to move him off of my number 25 spot and substitute one of those two guys, Trey Young or Devin Booker, because I have him at number 25, and that is DeMarcus Cousins, because he is going to be a Hall of Famer, Gary. But the bottom line of it is, what has he done for me lately? Not that much. So you're talking about Boogie, who is my favorite player 
to root for, but I know he's always going to lose. I have Boogie on my list as well, but I have him a little higher. I'm actually disappointed that you have him uh, that low because the no, list, he, because the the list is from 2013 to now. And if we're doing 2013 to now, if you look at his stats, he deserves to be on the list. You, Gary, you're absolutely right. I, I, that's, that's why I said I have him on the list, but I don't like him as a player. He's my Tim Duncan of this era. You know, Tim Duncan, as we talked about before, one of the greatest basketball players to put on sneakers. But do I would I cross the street to see him play? No. Would I would I turn on or or, or even even preset my TV to see him play? No. And forget about going through a snowstorm to see him play. No. Same thing with Demarcus Cousins. But his numbers are great. Gary, I mean, twenty. He's averaged about uh, anyway twenty. 21 points a game, and that's after having some lackluster seasons, or a lackluster season, I should say, in 18-19, and obviously what happened this year, we, you know, Bush didn't really play this year. So 21.2 points a game, and he averaged about 11 rebounds a game. I mean, you you average that, those, a double-double like that, along with three, about three-plus assists, one-and-a-half steals a game, more than a block a game, <sighs> shooting 46% from the field, 33% from the three-point line as a, as a, as a near seven-footer. I mean, you got to – you know, he's on the list. I mean, you can't, there's no way you could put this, not put this guy on the list. Uh, you know, scoring at Sacramento average 27 points, 26.9, 24.4, 25.2. I mean, he everything is there for him to be in the top 25 players from that point. You're right, 2013 or 14, all the way to the present. So I have him on the list because I think it would be a serious omission to not have him on the list. So he has that mic number 25. Here's how I'm doing my list. Obviously, I'm a, you know, I'm a big component of winning, but I'm also a component of being the face of your team in winning. So as I do my number 25, I had a very tough tug of war between these two players, Kyle Lowry, and LaMarcus Aldridge. I had a very tough time with those two. I know you don't like those two players. I get it. I understand. I understand. I don't like them either. But I went with LaMarcus Aldridge just because of the consistency. When he was in Portland, even though this is before the 2012-2013 season, for the most part when he was in Portland, he left in 2015, he was the face of that team. And he was the only all-star in that team. This is, you know, the very beginning of Damian Lillard's time there. And he was a great player. He's the most consistent player, I think, in the NBA. You know what you're getting from him. He's At this point, he's 17 and 10 at this point for the most part with the Spurs. But when he was in Portland, he was consistent 22 and 10. You knew you were getting a mid-range shooter, very soft touch, very good around the rim. He is a little soft. That's his biggest knock. He is considered soft. And he's not a great defensive player. But LaMarcus Aldridge on the offensive end is a phenomenal player, and I have him at 25. You said that. I didn't like either player. You're right. Kevin Lowry, I could not, no. But I'm glad you don't have him in your top 25. He'd be, I, I, well, I presume, on your – Let I, me add one more thing. LaMarcus Aldridge is a seven-time All-Star. And if we're going based off the list, he made the All-Star team every single year except for 2017. Good stats, Gary. I'll be talking about him uh, later, but uh, more when I get to that honorable mention category. But I do understand your reasoning, and I do appreciate it. And once again, I, I, to a certain degree, when you when you play out west, it's not the same for me because I, I just don't I don't see you play that much. And and when I do see you play, if you have a good game, 
it's rare. You know, so here I see it with a game of 13 points and seven rebounds and then and shooting, you know, seven for 18. You know, so I'm like, okay, that's all right. But so anyhow, I hear you and I um, respect that. My number 24 is a player who will be, without any question whatsoever, much, much higher on the list, even if we go to next year. And then that is the player who has truly, truly dominated basketball from a high school perspective over the last two or three years, a collegiate perspective. He was the best college player when he played. And from a NBA perspective, even though he's only played 24 games, that is the only knock I have on this individual because he is someone who I would go through a snowstorm to see play. In fact, I would camp out the night before to see this guy play. And that is Zion Williamson. Mm. His numbers, he could be, he should be, but 24 games. So I, I just can't edge him up above where he is. But he missed the consistency when he was at Duke. He averaged about 23 points a game. Obviously, that's collegiate basketball. But, you know, he played in 33 games, shot almost 68% from the field. Now, I don't like the bully ball play uh, play because, you know, obviously I've, I've been critical of LeBron because of that when you literally, you know, knock over the players and then you shoot a layup. It's kind of um, offensive to me, excuse the pun, but, you know, I, I saw the game last night when the Lakers played in the playoffs last night, and there were at least three times in which LeBron literally knocked the you-know-what out of people. And the person after was sitting on the floor and he had to raise his hand for for a foul. Now, usually, if you've gotten the you-know-what kicked out of you, usually it's not a foul on you. But, unfortunately, it was always basket and then one. And so, and and to a certain degree, Zion is playing like that, and I, I regret that because I think basketball is more of a finesse game than a, than a football type of basketball game. But they all play within the bounds of the rules, and the referee's going to give them that. Okay, fine, but... You know, sometimes when you say, okay, the guy is still moving, if you still cream a guy while he's still moving, it should still be an offensive foul. A guy should not have to plan himself and, and wait four seconds for someone to run into him. No, it, to, to me, uh, the, th- the thrust of a charge is that you, have, you have the right as a player for that same piece of real estate as the player who has the ball. And if the player who has the ball creams you from you're just standing there or moving with him that going in a certain direction, that should be a charge. So I hope that Zion would, would change his game because I think he is so athletic. He has the potential to do so many other things. He's like a, uh, I think of people like Charles Barkley. I mean, he's about the same size. No, he's probably bigger. He's about 280 pounds. Excuse me, Charles. I didn't mean to say that. But he, you know, about 6'6", six, six, average 22 points a game. Once again, 22 and a half points a game in the NBA in his only season. Once again, shooting about 58% from the field, which is it's outstanding. Now, granted, most of them are dunks or layups. But he did show in one game, I, I can't think of who they were playing, where he just let it up. I think he hit like five or six shots from either the perimeter or three-point line. And so the guy can, you know, he does have that potential. He has to work on it. In fact, his three-point shooting average is 43%. Now, that's because he didn't take that many three-point shots. But it's still something to, uh, to look at. 6.3 rebounds, 2.1 assists, and his blocks are just absolutely worth the price of admission. I mean, he <laughs> he could come out of nowhere and just throw the ball away. So even though I have my number 24, next year I would say this guy's going to be cracking the top 15, if not higher, because he is just simply that good if he stays healthy. 
Zion Williamson, number 24. Uh, for all the listeners, I called you out on the last podcast about would you put Zion in your top 25. You did. You, you did. You did. And you fell for the Zion trap because Zion's <laughs> not in my top 25 at all. Zion is, oh! Zion is not a good enough player to be in my top 25 yet because Zion's not a great shooter. He does not have a mid-range game yet. He doesn't have a post game yet. Zion really has nothing besides incredible athleticism and his ability to play without the basketball. Those are his two biggest strengths. And he's a good passer. Those are the three biggest yeah. strengths of Zion Williamson right now. And you shouldn't have to apologize after Charles because Charles at one point did weigh 280, 290 pounds <laughs> until Moses Malone told his butt to get his, you know what, in shape. That's why he cut down to 250. And that's what Zion will have to do as well. Zion reminds me of a certain player that's actually coming up not at 24, but actually at 23. But my 24 is John Wall. Now, John Wall, it was very tough for me to do this. Obviously, because John Wall's coming off of not just an ACL injury, but an Achilles injury. So we don't know how good he's going to be anymore. I hope he's able to come back full strength, but most of his game is based off of athleticism. He's not a great shooter. But what I did like about John Wall is that Around the 2013-2014 season, he started to average close to 10 assists a game, if not 10 assists a game. In fact, his highest assist average was 10.7 assists a game, which is phenomenal. Mm, and he, that was is turning, he was really turning into a great player. He had 23 points a game that year. And that was the same year when the Wizards got to the, uh, the second round of the Eastern Conference where they were playing the semis when they were playing the Boston Celtics with Isaiah Thomas. And that incredible series went seven, and Boston ended up winning that series. But... John Wall, I have him ahead of Bradley Beal just because he's been the face of the Wizard team since he came into the league in 2010. Right now, you know, I do think Bradley Beal's a better player. I think he'll continue to be a better player than John Wall as the years goes on. But right now, John Wall is still, he's still the face of the Wizards. He's a four-time All-Star. He also is a very good defender as well. So my number 24 is John Wall. Now, Gary, I'm really surprised that you don't have Zion in the top 25 because when he is on the floor, he dominates the game. And, and that very few players can do that on the offensive end and also on the defensive end. And that's why I have him in the, the top 25 because he handles the ball. He plays off every aspect of the game. Does he have a lot of work to do to refine his game? Yes. But would he be a dominant figure, the figure when he's on the court? Yes, he would be in my estimation. Let me ask yeah. something that real quick because I don't want mm-hmm. you know I don't want to gloss over that. Yes, mm-hmm. he will be the new face of the NBA, in my opinion, and I do believe that he will be a top five, top ten player, if not higher, you know, in the NBA. But he hasn't played enough games. Yeah, and, no, I, and based off the games the that I have seen from Zion, he is the spark plug of the Pelicans. But I think the best player is still Brandon Ingram, right? Yeah. You know, for right now. I hear what you're saying, but keep in mind, Gary, he put up those numbers while barely playing half the game most of the time. They didn't play him. Even when he played those 24 games, he very rarely played more than about 30 minutes. He's in the 20 minutes category, 28 minutes. They babied him that all the whole season. And if he had played just 35 minutes, the man would have averaged about 30 points a game. You know, so that that's that's what um, we're looking at. And, and that's why I said next year we're going to see this guy to me if he stays healthy, really burst into the top 15. I agree with you. I disagree with you on John Wall. I do not have John Wall on my list. But I do have in the number 23 spot, I do have Bradley Bill. 
and number 23. To me, Bradley Bill had to play in the shadows of John Wall for a number of years, and he still put up solid numbers, always shooting extremely well from, from the three-point line and from the free-throw line. His career from the three-point line is, is almost it was 38%. His free throws, about 81% playing about 34 minutes a game and he's average his career averages 21 points a game which is obviously very very good and he's been playing for a number of years ever since that 2012-2013 season gets about four assists a game which is surprising and one one steal a game this past year i mean the year not this past year but 2019-2020 yeah this past year he was you know outstanding average over 30 points a game and not many NBA players, especially on the list that we're doing now, would be able to make that claim. So I, I have him at number 23. The year before that, he averaged about 26 points a game. The year before that, 22 points a game. The year before that, 23 points. So he's actually, um, you know, he's gotten better every single year. It's more or less his team now in the Wizards. Not that that's a proud thing to be able to say. But the bottom line of it is I see Bradley Bill getting better. How high can that ceiling be? I don't know. With John Wall, he came into the league with phenomenal potential and was playing extremely well at, at times and was a winner. He put the Wizards in a situation where they were, you know, winning a lot of basketball games. But, you know, once again, the last two, two years, I hate to penalize him for this, but, you know, he, he's been injured and hasn't been on the court. And we, as you said earlier, we don't know what we're going to see next year. God willing, he'll be uh, just like new. But uh, we know what we're going to see with Bradley Bill. It's going to be a great performance, a great year coming up next year. That's a guarantee as far as I'm concerned. So that's why I have him at number 23. Wizard fans probably don't want John Wall to be the same John Wall because then it will cause more friction between Bradley Bill and himself. But those numbers actually do lie, in my opinion, the stats do, because the last two years when you have a 30 points and 26 points a game, they're without John Wall. Mm-hmm. So that's true. we don't know how great Bradley Beal is going to be with John Wall or with another great player like that. But I gave the edge to John just because we're starting at 2013. We started 2013-2014 season. All the way to about 2016-2017 season, that's the peak of John Wall's career for me. That only leaves about two or three years out, and I think that's why I gave him the edge in that. But speaking of that, I give another guy that I compared to I believe, let me rephrase that, that he reminds me the most of Zion when he first came into the league, and that's Blake Griffin. Because mm. when I look at Zion and I look at Blake Griffin, I just want to explain this real quick for the, uh, you know, for the listeners. Blake Griffin was just a superb athlete. He wasn't a great ball handler. He wasn't really a great passer. Now, Zion is a better passer, and he's a better defender than Blake Griffin was, actually is at any point of his career. But the one thing that, that I admire about Blake Griffin is that he consistently got better. So now Blake Griffin can hit threes now. He can put the ball on the floor now. He can pass a little better now. He plays a better all-around game. And because he lost his athleticism for the most part, you know, he had to change his game. But Blake Griffin consistently, except for one year, averaged more than 20 points a game. That's the type of player that I'm talking about in this scenario. And Yes, Blake, Blake Griffin has his injury problems. He missed most of this year, 2019-2020 year. But the year before that, 2018-2019, he led the Detroit Pistons to the playoffs, and he made his first all-star team in about two or three years. So I give the edge to Blake Griffin over the other guys that are probably on our honorable mention list. 
because he was the face of the Clippers, Lob City during that time, and he was mm-hmm. the face of the Detroit Pistons for a few years as well and carried those teams to the postseason and continuously got better throughout his playing career. So that's why I have him at 23. Okay, Gary. I, I like Blake Griffin. I have him higher. I have him uh, much higher than that. From every perspective, the man has performed, averaging about 22 points a game, and that's after having, uh, as you mentioned before, a year in which he only averaged a career low of 15 points a game in the year 2019 through 2020 because of injuries, et cetera. But shooting 50% from the field, 70% from the free throw line, getting about nine rebounds a game. I like Blake Griffin. I'm going to talk about him a little bit more because I have him a little later because I have him much higher. So no argument there with me with Blake Griffin. I think he's a special, special player and and extremely athletic in his prime and um, a player that even today I I would enjoy seeing play. Yeah, so my 22 is actually a player that you said missed your list. He didn't miss mine, and that's Devin Booker. Now, for me, Devin Booker has been probably the most – unappreciated superstar in the league, as we saw in the bubble. He's clearly the leader of the Phoenix Suns. He carried the Phoenix Suns to 8-0 record, and I would have appreciated them to make the playoffs instead of Portland now that we know what happened to Portland. But <laughs> yeah. but Devin Booker, you know, from first year, 14 points a game, to 22, to 25, and 26, respectively, the key thing that I'm seeing from Devin Booker is that he, he is consistently getting better. He's more confident. When he came out of Kentucky, he was, you know, the sixth man, and he became a superstar in this league. And I really want to see Devin Booker get traded as well, but I don't want to see him get traded to the Knicks because that's, you know, that's a dumpster fire. <laughs> I don't want him to go there. I, I would love for him to go to Brooklyn hmm. and, be, and be the third wheel over there in Brooklyn. I would love to see that happen. But Devin Booker, you know, is a part of the Phoenix Sun, which I don't know if they're ever going to become a great team again. But – He's the only guy that can say this. It's going to be on our list. He's the only guy that scores 70 points in a game. Now, they that is right. Game, yeah. But he's the only guy that can say that. So I'm pretty safe to say that Devin Booker belongs on this list. And, and Gary, uh, you know, as I said from the onset, I, I think the world of Devin Booker. He's a uh, outstanding shooter, outstanding player. His free throw percentage for the year 2019, 2020 was 92% from the free throw line. 92%. And once again, back-to-back years, averaging 26.6 points a game. And the year before that, 24.9. You know, I, I'm looking for a reason to dump somebody and revise my list to put him in on my top 25 because he is just that great of a player. Not recognized by the, his peers to the degree that he uh, should be recognized, even when he made the All-Star team, it was because someone else got hurt, and then they put him on. I mean, <laughs> so I... You know, which made no sense whatsoever because he was far better than so many of the players that were selected. But he just gets no respect right now. And I think, that, you know, once again, playing for Phoenix is one of those, probably one of the main reasons why he gets no respect. But as time will pass, everyone will realize that Devin Booker would be one of the best, well, well could could be one of the best basketball players ever to play. He could, be, he could crack someone's top 50 in the years ahead. He's that good of a player. And I saw that when he was coming off the bench at Kentucky. I said, this guy, why is he coming off the bench? You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, they had the Harrison twins. Damn, where are they now? I don't know. And so, so moving along. <laughs> my nice. number, they both yeah, made the was, NBA. Harrison, that's, but, that's, 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 that let me say one nice thing. Let me say one I'm, thing I'm, about I'm Devin getting, Booker. It's more of a comment of the coach. 
how can you not see the talent that Devin Booker had over those other players? I that's mean, not, it's like, that's not the reason. You know that he had to play both <laughs> twins because they played better together. But here's another thing I want to say, too. Devin Booker needs to stay away from the Kardashians slash Jenners. He needs to stay away from them so, he, so his career can continue to climb. If he does that, he could nah, be a that's the, uh, Gary, now that's, that's pretty harsh. Okay, that's nothing to do with basketball, but, you know, okay. Go ask, okay. Go ask James Harden. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, my number 22. My number 22, I thought, would still be playing basketball right now, but uh, he is not. That is Donovan Mitchell. Exciting player. Spent some time in Connecticut at Canterbury Prep School in Connecticut. And wasn't thought of as being someone that was going to light the NBA world on fire when he walked into the NBA, but all that he's done, is average over 20 points a game in every season that he has played. Always going up. His rookie season, 20.5 points a game, followed by 23.8. And this past season, 24 points a game. Shooting 86% from the free throw line, 37% from three, 4.4 assists, 45% from the field overall, about four plus assists a game, and a steal a game. A little over still a game. Really, the spark plug of the Utah Jazz. I thought they would you know, do better than what they did this season, but there's always next year. This guy is just going in one direction, and that is up. That's the only direction this guy is going in because he is just that exciting. I love when he drives in the, toward the basket and, and dunks it on the seven-footers and 6'10 guys. I love it. I love it. I love it. And uh, he's an exciting player and one in which – I'm sure a number of teams can scratch their heads and say, oh, boy, why didn't we draft that guy? So he's my number 22, Donovan Mitchell. Following three terms on the city council and three terms in Congress, former Congressman Gary Franks' consulting firm has helped scores of companies, large Fortune 500 firms, small businesses, and even startup companies secure millions of dollars in federal government contracts and international business opportunities. Congressman Franks, a Yale grad, author, Fortune 500 executive, and former visiting professor at Georgetown University, UVA, and Hampton University, will use his knowledge, experience, relationships, and strategic plan model to help you reach that next level of success. Schedule your participation in an upcoming webinar to learn just how Congressman Franks can help you. For more information, email gary at garyfranks.org now. So Donovan Mitchell, for me, is a little bit higher on my list, so I won't really talk about it too much. But I agree with everything that you said about him. But now we're going to get to the nitty-gritty of it, because this was one of the issues that I had. I want the, you know, the listeners know this. I had an issue with doing 2013 to 2020, and this is why. So my number 21 is a guy that none of us like. Okay, so let me be clear. <laughs> none of us like this guy. And people in Toronto don't like him either. And that's oh, the, no. And that's DeMar no, DeRozan. No, don't say it. Don't DeMar say it. No, DeRozan. no. Yes, DeMar DeRozan belongs <laughs> on this list. He just does. One, he has the highest scoring average <laughs> in Toronto Raptor history, which is 27 points a game. He carried the Toronto Raptors to two first seeds you know, in the Eastern Conference. Of course, LeBron James demolished them, which is why he's not higher on the list. 
But he's also doing a very good job in San Antonio as well. The numbers won't show it, but this season he shot 53% from the floor, which is his highest in his entire career. And that's because Pop is putting him in great situations where he's able to score from the mid-range because he has two of the probably two of the top four or five greatest mid-range shooters in the league right now on one team with LaMarcus Aldridge and himself and DeMar DeRozan. But DeMar DeRozan is not, to me, he's not clutch at all. I think everyone you know can agree with that. But he's turning into a great leader with the Spurs because the Spurs look really good in the bubble. And I think if the Spurs have less injuries next season, they will make the playoffs. So I have DeMar DeRozan at 21. Well, you got that right. I don't like this guy, but I, I think that he's, you know, Gary, as a basketball player, he's probably one of the most gifted, one of the more gifted, well, not most, the most, but one of the more gifted players. I mean, he handles the ball extremely well, goes to the basket, rebounds, passes the ball, penetrates, love his mid-range jump shot, doesn't force the three up. Guy's been an all-star four times, second team All-NBA, third team All-NBA. Great college player, high school player. I mean, you, you, you all the things that you would you would want to see, but it's just a choke. I mean, it's just I, I when I see him on the court, I just know what's going to happen. They are going to lose. I, now you can say, well, wait a minute, now wait a minute. You got you haven't mentioned the name of Mister Choke of the, of this era. That's Paul George, and you're going to have him higher on the list. That is true. But the bottom line of it is, I just cannot. Uh, he, he's he he did make my honorable mention because I do have to respect the fact that for about eight seasons in a row, he averaged uh, uh, over 20 points a game, and his career average is 20 points a game. Once again, I respect that. That's a a good number to reach for a person who's played any years in the NBA, but especially for someone who's played about 10 years in the NBA, 46 percent from the field and 83 percent from the free throw line. Not a good three-point shooter, but he's a career, he's a really more of a mid-range shooter. So his three-point career shooting percentage is only around 28%, which is pretty low. But I just I just have a problem putting him on a top 25 list. I hear what you're saying. He did play well for Toronto over those years, but there's something about him that you could tell when he walks onto the court, you're going to get an L. If it's a clutch game, you're getting an L. I mean, it's as simple as that. So... I cannot put him on there, but I do I do understand how you do have him on the list. My number 21 is a guy who we haven't seen in the playoffs because the team hasn't really made the playoffs. So, But I, I do feel for this person from a number of perspectives. One is because of COVID-19, he uh, lost his mother. And, and I do uh, say a prayer for him and his family with that, that tragic loss because of COVID-19. Uh, once again, one of those Kentucky players, Gary, one of those uh, great Kentucky players, player that when you saw him in the college, you said, yeah, he's going to do all right, <laughs> because you knew that that was going to happen. And in reality, he has done extremely well in the NBA in his brief time there, and that is Mr. Carl Anthony Towns. Career scoring average, almost 23 points a game. Field goal percentage is over 53%. He even would hit around 40% of his threes. Doesn't take that many, but for a guy who's about seven feet, feet tall, shooting about 40% from, from three, it's outstanding. Free throw line, most a lot of big guys can't hit their free throws. 83% for him. Rebounding, once again, he's a 2010 guy, 10, Willie 2012 guy, because he averages around 12 rebounds a game. Even this past year, he averaged over 
almost five assists a game. So he, he's getting better every year. His, his rookie year, he averaged about 13, 18 points a game. Then he went to 25. And this past year, he was at almost 27 points a game. Very consistent, plays a lot of minutes in his games. I like him. I think that he uh, is going to have a great career. He's showing that already. The guy's 6'11", but weighs about 250 pounds. He's made the All-Star team twice, 18 and 19. He was All-NBA, third team. And he was Rookie of the Year in 2016. Once again, as I said, he was a great college player as well. So my number 21 didn't crack the top 20, but uh, I see this guy going once again in one direction, and that is up, is Carl Anthony Towns. Well, um, he did not make my list. Carl Anthony Towns is a great one-way player. He's not a great defensive player at all. But I think it's going to be very interesting to see him and D'Angelo Russell, and I hope they don't draft LaMelo Ball in Minnesota. I really hope they don't do that. But if they uh, work with just D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, I think it could be one of the best pick-and-roll tandems in the league. Because Carl Anthony Towns is a very good three-point shooter, especially from the top of the key, and D'Angelo Russell can create, you know, at a very high level because they're both all-stars. So I understand why you have him there. Again, a condolences to his, uh, you know, to the, on the Carl Anthony Towns' family. Yeah, so I understand why you have him there. Next week, we will continue on and take you from number 20 to number 15. So, Dad, did you see LeBron James' uh, press conference talking about the MVP vote? He finished in second place, and he's not happy with any of the voters that he finished in second place. Did you hear what he said? You know, Gary, I did not see the the press conference. I just saw some of his comments being scrolled across the screen. And I know that he uh, – well, let's put it this way. He got swamped, okay? Now, it was I think it was 85 uh, votes for – the the winner the greek freak and 15 or 16 votes for him or something of that nature and so yeah. uh, you can correct me if i'm wrong on that that's when you get a consensus like that that's 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 pretty high and and i once again i would have voted that way if i had a vote myself so i did hear that he had a problem with the criteria i don't know what the, what the problem he had with the criteria i guess i think it's the same criteria used when he won his four mvps before uh, so um i'm not sure what he's referring to Look, I have a lot of things to say about this, but I'll try to uh, make it short. When he was talking about the narrative, it made absolutely no sense to me because the narrative is the reason why he's second for the MVP. The only thing he led his team in this entire year was assists. So Mm -hmm. I don't even know why he's even in the conversation. The reason why he's in it is because he's in his 17th year, I get it, and they are trying to say that no player has been this great in his 17th year, even though Kobe Bryant averaged 27, 6-6 six and six in his 17th year. But that's the end of the year there. But the fact that James Harden didn't get a vote and he averaged 36 points a game, he should yeah, be a that, that is, uh, that the is something. The fact that Luka yeah. Doncic almost averaged a triple-double, I think he averaged like 28, 9, and 9 and 8, he should be upset <laughs> that he didn't get a vote. I don't know why LeBron James is upset that he only got 15 votes. Honestly, Anthony Davis would be upset because he averaged 27, 12, and what, 2.2, blocks a game? He yeah. was the best player, you know, if you go by stats, on your team. He should be upset if he didn't get a vote. So I don't even understand why this is even a conversation. Giannis averaged basically almost 30 points and, what, about 14 rebounds a game. 
He was defensive player of the year. He was the best player on both sides of the court. We know that Milwaukee Buck team is not a playoff team, even though Kendrick Perkins says they are a playoff team without him. They're not. It showed. Giannis is not a great playoff player, and we'll talk about Giannis later on um, on our list. But Giannis is there because I think he averaged, what, 30 minutes a game? Uh-huh. Something like that. So, And LeBron averaged 35 minutes a game. So it really – it really is not really a com- you know a discussion, but you know. No, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with all of your points. Don't forget to subscribe. <laughs>